Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 50, our milestone 50th episode of In The Zone. I'm Giancarlo Alino, joined with our co-hosts here, Anthony Piniello, Chris Martelli. Uh, let's start off, I guess, with a rough uh, point of the show. Get it out of the way. Hell in a Cell. Phenomenal start to the show. Everything's looking promising. Randy Orton and Ali have a great match. And we get to the main event, a match everyone's looking forward to. Lights go red. No one can see anything. <laughs> Uh, a finish in a Hell in a Cell that's a DQ. That's a first for that because Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, took too much punishment. Uh, where was that when Mick Foley was almost dying? But a uh, story for another day. What did you guys think of this Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins disaster of a main event? I just want to start by mentioning the red Hell in a Cell. Uh, two years in a row, don't like it. Get rid of it. Uh, second, Secondly, if your belt is red, don't make the fucking lights red. Cause then you can't even see the belt when you're when the ref's holding it up. It's like, oh yeah, what belt? What? I oh I can't see. It. All right, so it's for a belt. I don't know what it's for. It looks cool, but the whole match you're just trying to watch it, and even watching it live on TV, you could barely see anything. Yeah. Very fucking hard to see. So the people there were probably like, what the fuck is this? I can't see shit. They're using these random props, and basically Bray, the whole match was buried under weapons. So. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what to say about this. The only thing that I liked was the story of showing that The Fiend's invincible. Yeah. But other than that, they could have just done a squash match here and The Fiend should have won this and I guess they had to protect Seth. And uh, yeah, I just did not like it at all. So I, I'm, I'm with the fans. Uh, what did you think about the 20 curb stomps? Because you said like making him unstoppable and like, but like could they could they have gone about that a different way? Because there was a time when he was hitting all the curb stomps, and then that's when the boos really started to yeah. hit. Yeah, uh, I would have done it differently for sure. It's just, if you think about it, Seth Rollins' move set over the last couple months has uh, almost hit Brock Lesnar level. It hasn't been, he hasn't really done a lot of moves. He does, you know, the springboard outside the ring. He does the, what else does he do? Uh, he, okay, he does the three suicide dives. That's like his, I guess, his signature now. He does the kick. The five super kicks, too. Yeah, like the super kicks. He doesn't do the buckle bomb anymore. I don't know if he's allowed to, but he just hasn't done that. I haven't seen him do it in a while. And yeah, just curb stomp after curb stomp, kind of like suplex after suplex. It's kind of like the same thing. As for me, that's kind of when the match started to... Yeah. It, it's just like, you look back at like matches like Triple H and Undertaker at WrestleMania 28, and it's like... You've had this character, The Undertaker, he's invincible. He kicked out of the Sweet Chin music and the pedigree at the same time. They kind of did a, they should have done a story like that where it's like, hey, Seth, get a weapon and just keep fucking hitting him. Like with this, with basically like, Fiend, just stay down. Like, don't get up or I'll keep hitting you. But instead it's just the curb stomp, curb, like no, he wasn't even talking to him either. Not even like saying stay down, just doing it. Goes back to the rope looks, does it. So like. Wasn't a lot of emotion actually in there. I thought there would have been a lot more emotion from Seth. Like only at the end there was emotion when he had the st the sledgehammer and hit it, and then it's like, "Oh, ring the bell." That was literally <laughs> it. But yeah, just not. To me, it was not well done at all. I think that's why the fans were, because we've seen something similar to this, like the Taker, where he's invincible, but Triple H still tried to find a way to beat him, and he couldn't. So I think that's what they should have done with Seth here. It's like do you could do the curb stomps, get a weapon. But at the end of the day, The Fiend just should have won this. It's just, it's a fucking layup here. And then, just uh, give it to The Fiend. The icing on the cake is, for me, is the DQ finish for the second year in a row. Yeah. 
But uh, obviously, you have to protect Bray Wyatt because he's such a nice guy and he's looking at a face turn and then you gotta, yeah, you know, because that's the only thing I kind of took away. It's like they called a match to protect the Fiend, this serial killer who's been coming off like, like really? Like, and then it ends and then Bray comes on like a rush of offense and then start the match again and it's just, it was such a disaster for me. Yeah, I felt like, yeah, he was turning face at the end of the match. Because, like, they end the match for him, and then he gets, you know, he gets up from the stretcher, and usually that always gets a pop. It doesn't matter who you are. You get up from the stretcher, you, that excites the fans. Beats the shit out of Seth, and then it just ends with the typical, you know, Fiend has to go to the stage, and then it just zooms in on his face, and that's it. And all you hear with his laugh is just booze. Yeah. Raining. And uh, just a terrible... If I'm, like, Bray Wyatt, and I've worked so hard on this character, and that's your second match... It's just, I'd be flat out disappointed. Like, I'd go to the back and be like, look, I, Vince, like, I'll do whatever it takes to fucking work on that, or I don't know if this was meant to happen, but... Yeah, like, you, you said it before. Seth Rollins just beat Brock Lesnar twice, and if you're going to do a squash match, the last person it should be against right now is Seth, so I think that's why they kind of did it like this, but there's no reason why you build the Fiend this long and you just have a DQ finish and not win the belt. And, like, apparently they want to do this at Survivor Series, but then they took it down right away on Twitter. They're like, yeah, they're going to have the Fiend and Seth at Survivor Series, and then as soon as they thought about it, they're like, no, we're not going to do it. So I don't know what this means for fucking... I don't know what this means for Bray Wyatt. It doesn't even have to be like, uh, oh, okay, Bray beat Seth. He, he's got the title for a year, and he's rolling with it. Like, it's hot at this exact moment. That's why you should give him the title. Like when Kane came in and ripped the fucking cell door off, no one said, oh, it's too soon, this guy's green, this guy's a killer, he beat Stone Cold, they gave him the title. It was only for one day, but, <laughs> but the pop it got at the time, it was the right move. I, I kind of view that in like a, a similar light here. I kind, of, I kind of look at this fuck up like they did with Braun Strowman two years ago. Yeah. That guy was the hottest act. He was beating Roman Reigns, flipping over ambulances, just making Raw fun. And when you had him have that marquee matchup against Brock at No Mercy, you make him get pinned off one F5. And that just halted his momentum. So hopefully it's not the same thing with The Fiend, but I really don't know how he's going to bounce back. Who's, who are you going to... Like, he attacked Cesaro apparently after Raw. What the fuck is that going to do? <laughs> yeah, Cesaro's nowhere to be found. Like, who are you going to... Like, the only thing for me that I could see working is if he fucking feuds with Orton. Because it makes sense. But, like, I don't want to see that again. So uh, I think I we have know. to look forward to the next Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> I don't know where it's going. Even with Seth, I have no idea. I have no idea where he's going. I don't really care. I think, uh, unfortunately, if we see The Fiend go to SmackDown, are they going to pick up another Roman Reigns uh, Bray Wyatt storyline? Is there any fears of that? There are now. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, Roman Reigns has been kind of... He's been great, but lately he's been getting a little more wins uh, than we would like. And he's starting to get back on that trend where it's like, okay, we're shoving Roman down our throats. He's beating all the good heels. Here we go. The win at the pay-per-view, though, made sense. It did make sense. It was but, solid there. Yeah. But if it's moving forward and uh, they're going to have Daniel Bryan face Roman Reigns, I don't want Reigns just go right through Bryan and then... oh. Who's, uh, who's Roman Reigns' next opponent? Brock Lesnar. 
So it's like a it's like a full circle. It just keeps coming around, round. So yeah, I really hope Roman Reigns goes to Raw. I don't want to see him face Brock anymore, ever again. I think we tired that one yeah. enough. Him yeah. and Seth, I think, throw that in the back burner for a little bit. God. Maybe like another five years. I don't want to see that. If if the Fiend goes to SmackDown, I need to see Bray Wyatt and Brock Lesnar for the belt. I need to see that. I think that's too soon though. Right now, especially after what happened with Seth Rollins. I don't know. That's a little... I feel like they can make it work just because The Fiend is really over right now. And Brock is Brock will just sell seats. And even yeah. Brock is still over. Just, yeah. It's just now Cade Velasquez is there. And it's just a, it's a shit show. Yeah. So. I think they'll want a distance. Especially with Kane coming in. So like you'll have Brock run SmackDown. And then hopefully have The Fiend... Uh, I don't want to say run Rock. Because I still don't want to see him there week to week. But you can have him on separate brands and... You can have that dynamic. I just, yeah, they fucked up with this match completely. What are your thoughts on Daniel Bryan now? Because I thought that was a perfect opportunity, this match against Rowan and Harper, to really show Daniel Bryan it was him all along. He hugged it out with Roman at the end. I was a little disappointed with that. He's a face, but I think they lost momentum there. I I still think... It's still being brewed that they're going to face each other at Survivor Series or some point down the line. I feel like this match is too big to uh, do at the moment. Like, at the, like at this point in time when I look at wrestling, it's kind of like a downtime. You had WrestleMania, Money in the Bank, you know, SummerSlam. Like, those are, like, big parts of your, of your you know, season. And then now it's kind of like, yeah, like, you have Hell in the Cell, you have like football's back so it's kind of like okay like we'll take a break but then survivor series starts coming so i'll say maybe november january i want to say i think we should see a daniel bryan roman reigns feud i'm not i'm not sold on this bryan face turn i'm not sold on it at all yeah i'm uh i'm in the same boat as you i just look at the the body of work bryan's put in with his heel run and every program he's been involved in he's just knocked out of the park and uh I think, yeah, this is no different. He's just reeling Roman in, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah I think you're seeing an uh, eventual match between the two. And I think I think you could even save that for Mania, but I, I have a feeling we're going to get Roman Reigns versus uh, The Rock at WrestleMania this season. Randy Orton put that challenge out. That would have been cool to see. Orton that would have been Rock. cool, too, yeah. yeah he, uh, he shut that down real quick, yeah. though. He's like, oh, we already <laughs> had that match at WrestleMania 20. Yeah, it was a handicap match. It wasn't the same. <laughs> Fucking Orton. Yeah. Damn it. Liking this Randy Orton being a little outspoken. It's fun. Randy Orton, let's just put it this way. He loves Ali. Yeah. You see the respect he gave him? <laughs> he, like, stays in the ring. Fucking after he pinned him, he's like, that was amazing. Good job. Then he patted him <laughs> on the leg. And then he fucking walks out the ring, looks back. Good job. Like, this guy knows. This guy has, like... an RKO right there. So <laughs> when is Randy Orton and Ali going to be a tag team? That's oh, that's that's the next question. No, it's already confirmed. I know. It's because like tapping them. Good job, man. It was a sick art. That was a sick reversal. I love how right before like that ending where like he does like the roll in and gets oh, RKO'd. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. cool. And he just did it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just love the way it ended too because Orton like looked back at him. He's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Stupid. Like, he's like, come on. You didn't know I was doing that. I think he's one of the best at that. Yeah. yeah. Pointing out the mistake and just the facial expression just like, after. <laughs> What are you guys with this? Uh, I don't want to say it, but Braun Strowman, Tyson Fury bullshit. It's kind of like Cain Velasquez and Lesnar. They're trying to bring someone else from another industry into the wrestling world. I don't think it's going to work. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I think Tyson Fury isn't going to win regardless. So That was a disaster of an ending on Raw. <laughs> See those fake punches he was giving the security? He's like, oh, oh. It's like Shane McMahon making him look like God with yeah. those strikes. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was kind of like a Cena-Lesnar type deal where like the, the whole fucking locker room comes out to break them up. Like, and not the big wrestlers, the smallest guys you can find. <laughs> Go break up these two. Just put Dominic in there. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not know who Tyson Fury was. So I looked into him, and this guy is fucking wild. Yeah. Like, his promos, like, he's all over the place. He, he's, like, unscripted all the time. Obviously, it's not fucking... But, like, he seems like the kind of guy, if you were to give him a script, he'd be like, I'm not fucking doing this. And he'd just kind of do out and go out and do whatever he wants. Probably. Like, similar to Brock, how if you were to try to give him something, it'd be like, okay, we'll see. I'll decide in the moment. Tyson kind of, he seems like that guy. He's like a, he's a character. Yeah, I, I just don't see this feud and Braun Strowman not winning it. Crown Jewel. Get that Saudi money. Yeah. Braun just gets shit on. He does. It's like five, six months in a row. They got nothing for him, and it's always around Mania time. I feel so bad for him because he was, at one point, the hottest act. <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, Friday night SmackDown, or actually AEW this week. We'll go with that. Uh, supposed to be a ruckus of a match. Jimmy Havoc and Darby Allin as a number one contender match. It doesn't say anything about no DQ. I'm a little disappointed in that. I think these two would uh, really... Was this the number one contender for which, which belt? AEW World Championship. Winner faces, I think, Cody or... Or they get the title shot at one of the upcoming shows, and then... So Jericho will probably win that. That'll probably be the match before he faces Cody. Did Darby win that? That's going to be happening Wednesday Night Dynamite. So Darby's winning it. Can't oh. see Jimmy winning that. But I didn't see Jimmy winning his other match against yeah. uh, Janela and Darby, so... That was fun. I yeah. Th- yeah, I think this is where Darby gets his, uh, his revenge, wins, and uh, then just loses to Jericho. Yeah, I was uh, telling you guys before we started the Darby and Seema match on the AEW Dark. The one out of the three matches, that was by far the best one. He looked amazing in that. So obviously with you saying the number one contenders match, this is an obvious sign of a potential buildup for him. So yeah, I think Darby's going to take that over Jimmy. But that should be a fucking no DQ match yeah. when like... Staple guns, compacts, <laughs> yeah. Those are the two guys you'd want for that. And also the AEW Tag Team Championship Tournament kicks off on this episode. Uh, who are your favorites? Is it still Lucha Bros and Young Bucks? Are they going to throw uh, one, a surprise no, in there? I think it's uh, the Dark Order. I think they're going to win. I think the Dark Order and uh, can like the Young Bucks be in the finals, or would they have? Are they on the Dark Order side? I think they're no, they're on Lucha Bros side. So okay, so I'll, I'll say one of those two will face the Dark Order. I think the Dark Order though might win though. I wouldn't be surprised. I would like to see a team other than the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros win. Yeah. Just to kind of throw teams off. Like, everyone's been raving about Private Party with good reason. Yeah, they're pretty good. Kind of like the Street Profits. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) So you got them and uh, Angelico and Jack Evans. Like, I I, want to see a team like that win. I know Chris isn't, you know. They're not going to win. No, they're a team that, like, everyone wants to win. They're not going to (laughs) win. It's just you look at them, they're not winning. Like, we all know who the Young Bucks and SCU are, and we all love them, obviously, but, like, I think it would just be more beneficial if you just... Kind of like they did with Rio, with the women's title, so... Yeah, that, that surprised me. I'll I'll go for, was winning. I don't remember the bracket. I don't care. I'm going with Private Party. 
Yeah, I just, I just, based on what I've seen with the Dark Order, I feel like they're gonna, they're pushing them. They're a very interesting tag team, so I'm going, go with the Dark Order to win. They have won a couple tag matches already. That's in yeah, a, in a promotion that wins and losses matter. So yeah, I think the Dark going Order are going. Yeah, as the fresh team coming in, they can say, okay, that's our actual tag team. We didn't get them from another company. I like that move. Uh, where are you on this whole Kenny Omega, John Moxley thing? I think there was a missed opportunity with Moxley. They keep on saying, oh, AEW, live mic, unscripted promos. Why wasn't John Moxley on the first episode given that chance to really separate himself? Yeah, I, I really think they need to elevate this feud. They haven't really done that yet, but this is basically your main event at any pay-per-view. You look at Moxley, Omega, what they've done in the wrestling world. It should be main eventing any pay-per-view you see those two guys in. And uh, I feel like right now they're not as important as guys like Hangman and Pac and Jericho at the moment. But I say give them like maybe five months and they'll be headlining AEW pay-per-views because that's just the star power they have. I like the spot with uh, with John on at AEW when he attacked Kenny. That was fucking sick going through the table. Looked painful for Kenny. Very painful. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, I think Kenny has to go over here. He's lost way too much. And I think uh, even though they are kind of building it as, like, a storyline, like, feel bad for him. He's not winning anything. I feel like this is his comeback moment. Moxie doesn't necessarily need it right now. Like, they both do, but I think Omega needs it a little more. And there it is. I think these two guys are future AEW champions. This has been fun for me. It's two guys you kind of look at and think they're never going to tangle in the ring and then you know Kenny's on this losing streak and he's going through like a personality change and everything he's kind of doing is for me is just spot on it's money uh, so I think they did miss the opportunity but uh, the the fire's still there with John attacking him and so I'm excited to see next week where it goes but I think this is the few to watch going forward long term do you see uh, Janela ever rekindling his feud with Moxley that might have been a... Or do you think that star power is too high for Joey right now? Might be a little bit too high for him, but, you know, Janela's a beauty. I was actually, I was on his Twitter yesterday. He posted a picture. He's actually a little bit shredded now. He's getting in better shape. Oh, Like, you can noticeably yeah. tell when you look at him, he's in much better shape. So, Not the guy's a, a character. Lab. Everyone loves Joey Janela. So, it might be a little too high for him, but you can easily find a spot for a guy like that. Make it a death match. Let's do it. <laughs> Thumbtacks and everything. Oh, he would definitely love that. <laughs> Is there anything on AEW that you wish they'd change or maybe add going into their next few episodes? Uh, not Well, I love Orange Cassidy. I want to <laughs> see him a little more. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I would maybe not have as much Cody on the show. I feel like Cody is involved quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, he's, like, the guy that runs it, but I'd ease back a bit with him. But Jericho being the first-ever champ has just been outstanding, as we all should not be surprised. He's one of the greatest ever, and I don't see him losing the belt, like, for a very long time. I just – the way he's been carrying himself, I just don't see him losing it anytime soon. So, go crazy. Y2J. I don't really have any – complaints right now we're only a couple weeks in everything's kind of just fresh and exciting uh i'm looking forward to like the unscripted stuff like we were talking about because that was like when they were first announcing everything they're like oh we're going to have unscripted promos and everyone's like oh the way he said that that was very decisive and so you should see a noticeable change between AEW and i guess how 
who else that other company does things so i'm excited for that i know we have a lot of tag teams in aw but would you would have would you have had like dustin rhodes and cody be a tag team like just for a little bit because like they did that and like that was awesome i think they should have maybe done that a little longer i mean you could but uh I like kinda, not not in the tournament i just mean like as a tag team i don't know because because all the tag teams are in the tournament it would be kind of weird if they were they were the tag team and they were the one left out it would kind of feel like, oh, we're better than this division. We're the tag team, but we don't need the belts. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, I meant, like, you do, like, a Dustin and Cody versus, like, an MJF and Darby or Sammy. Like, something like that. <laughs> like, just a tag team match that's not – they're not tag teams. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wish Dustin Rhodes was a little – was there a little more. That first match was awesome. It was. Fuck. What are they going to do now with uh... – Jack Swagger, Jake Hager, whatever the hell he's calling himself over there. Got that little stable, apparently. So oh, uh, who is it? It's LAX, Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and, yeah. and Jake Hager. <laughs> Gotta get used to that one. Jack Swagger. The all-American American. We the people. I mean, good big, for him. Got a big pop. Yeah, good for him. He's uh, really uh, lost the weight. I think he lost like 30 pounds. He got shredded. It's looking good. Too busy fixing his hair on he, the camera. but He was also good in MMA, too. Like, solid. And, uh, yeah, now he's in AEW. I hope uh, – I wish nothing but the best for him. And uh, thank God Del Rio uh, is not with AEW. For now. For now. Thank God. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, yeah, just AEW, the only thing, like what you said, I agree, Cody, it's a little too much. Like, calm it down, Triple H. Take it easy. Relax. <laughs> One spot, get in there, get your match in. Then go do go on the production side. You don't have to be there every moment. Just put the headset on. Yeah, it. just take it easy a little bit. But uh, Friday Night SmackDown is a draft. Big night. Uh, it's a two-parter. So like that Monday night, they get their own thing. But what do you think about them going, oh, it's two networks involved instead of the GMs? Like there's no GM. It's just like the networks are choosing their superstars. I don't like that. Uh, what's the point of having a GM? I think GM should draft... Your superstars, it's your show. I don't care the network, I really don't give a shit. Producers usually don't have a say in what, like, I don't know, like, like if there's a producer, like, they're busy with other shit, they're busy with stats, they're busy with the success of the show. I really don't see producers being like, hey, Vince, uh, I want this guy, 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 and this guy, and uh, I'm gonna do all these different characters for him, and we're gonna run with it. And they'll be like, oh, where's Paul Heyman? What's he doing? Oh, he's just going to be on TV when I tell him to. So it's like, I feel like that's too much power for them. Like, if, is that actually happening, though? Like, they're just going to, like, Fox is going to be like, I want him, I want him, oh, him That's him, how him, they, him. they promote it. It's like, oh, two networks involved. Who uh, is Fox going to get? Who's USA so network? Fox and USA, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. But, okay, I guess that's different. No point for Heyman and Bischoff, then. That's just, Okay. <laughs> Would yeah, have been I, nice though to have them. I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, I, I don't like authority figures. It's just a reason for them to get involved and drag a, a Kevin Owens in the fucking mud with them. I kind of like the idea of having like an, a higher up and no one really knows who the fuck is choosing. You say the network, but like there's probably like a collection of people sitting around a table and they just choose people. It's kind of intriguing to me, but uh, I gotta see it to believe it. Yeah, because remember, like a year ago, around this time, 
you're the authority. We're going to give you what you want. Remember that bullshit? Oh, yeah. So we got to see how this plays out. But uh, it is new and it's fresh and, the, you know, the draft we'll see. But it, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. It would have been interesting if they had, like, a war room where they had, like, the Fox uh, logo on the door, USA Network, and they say, okay, Paul Heyman, we're instructing who we want to pick. But you would have these wacky superstars like, who the hell? What are they, why are they choosing this guy third? And then you find out, like, three weeks later, oh, shit, this guy's uh main event talent it could have been surprising people but they're not going to do that it's going to probably be Seth Rollins one Roman Daniel Bryan and then so on and so on I don't have any high hopes for this draft I don't know like who could be a surprise you think Velveteen for sure I think he's getting drafted to Smackdown that's just it's I I think it's pretty predictable too because Fox is like the bright lights Velveteen's a really Standout character. I, I could see Velveteen getting drafted to SmackDown just because he doesn't have a belt. I don't really know what he's doing in NXT right now, but I know it's uh, it's not for any belt. Uh, I don't think. Is it confirmed that NXT is involved in this? I don't think they are. May you never know. Maybe they could just get someone and say, "Oh yeah, his contract expired in NXT." They Isn't would that then. Wasn't the last draft there were NXT people involved? Yeah, I yeah, think three or four, or something like that. But uh, that's where Liv Morgan, I think, went. Yeah, <laughs> if they're gonna pluck a couple guys from NXT, they should do yeah, like like when they took Finn uh, fifth overall or something like that, just to kind of like, oh, this is the future. This is the guy. Like for uh, Velveteen Dream, that wouldn't make sense to go to SmackDown, but. Yeah, they should do something like that. Like in the first round or second round, take someone like that and make a statement. This is part of the future going forward, so I like that. Yeah, they don't do that enough. They just look at like the top guy now, and they're just like, yeah, he's going to be running our show right now. They don't think about, like, when I think of a draft, you got to think of the future. That's probably the most important thing. So when they did take Finn, like those years ago, it's like, yeah, that actually makes sense. You're taking him that high. He's the two-time NXT champ or NXT champ. Solid. So I think Velveteen, even Adam Cole, we can maybe see get drafted. Maybe not make an appearance, but like get drafted. Uh, I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised even if like Gargano or Ciampa. Okay, if you do up. that though, what are you doing to NXT? That's you gotta it. send fucking Seth Rollins down there if you're gonna do all that. Unless shit. you do that, say they're uh, they can make an appearance. You don't know when, but they're gonna be on NXT. But. There are property on SmackDown. We're loaning them out to NXT. Like, can you imagine going to Triple H and saying, "Okay, we're gonna take Gargano, Ciampa, Cole, Dream, Strong, and all these guys off your roster." Like, okay, I want Andrade, Shinsuke back. I want <laughs> all the guys in the beginning of the year. I feel, I feel <laughs> like I feel like they're gonna do that though with a couple of yeah. them. Like Finn went back. I don't see why others can't go back. That's just Sami Zayn. Like, don't be surprised if yeah, you see like Sami Zayn or like a Cesaro. I think Zayn's the best example at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> So like, I feel like I don't. They haven't said that NXT's involved, but I think it. I think they have to be. I think it's like, oh, uh, yeah, we're gonna do like an extra feature so NXT stars can get or superstars can go to NXT. I don't know. It's a part of WWE. I think they should do that. Like, what do well, you, yeah. Why can't you? Finn just went to NXT. Why can't you do that? He needed that too. That was bad. <laughs> the main roster is turning into Smiley Finn. It's like Smiley Kylie, but just fitting. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like we're going to see a name in NXT that is a big name get drafted. At, like, maybe not all of them, but I, I do anticipate at least two of them coming up. I think that's a bad move, though. If you take, like, a good chunk of those guys after they just debuted on Wednesday. Unless they're, both, they're someone from Raw going to NXT, so it's like it's all in the same network. 
Like, I, okay, like I, I could see like a Gargano getting drafted, and I, I can see, and I can see like a Cedric going down. I think Gargano's the one guy you're not moving. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Okay, yeah, maybe not now. But who's he feuding with? Shane Thorne? Oh, it doesn't really matter because recently it's like NXT, like he's the heart and soul of NXT, and like that's the guy they promote going forward for uh, like loyalty and all that stuff. It's like when you think of NXT, who do you really think of? Yeah, Gargano. Gargano would be Cole. one of those guys. Yeah. Can you see, like, okay, who, out of all the guys in NXT, who's the guy you could see getting drafted? Velveteen Dream. Probably the Dream. Yeah? Not Riddle. No, I think uh, I, w- I would uh, savor Matt Riddle for a little longer, have him down there. So Still you'd only somehow. have Dream, that's it, no one else. Not I even Neo, like nobody else. I mean, in a perfect world, you want to call everyone up and then they're all WWE champion at some point, but, like, the Dream makes sense for the debut of SmackDown and the type of guy that he is and it's the bright lights and it just... I like what you said about him. The dream would make sense to come up yeah. if, he, if he were to be the one. I don't know about first round, but yeah, yeah. he would. He would Somewhere be. Down. It would make show. sense. It yeah. would make sense. Twenty-four years old, North American champion, former. He's I good like to go. It. What do you do with Kofi? Because now the new day. Do you think this is an opportunity where they split up the new day? Just have Kofi go to Raw and be either a face or heel, and just go in a different direction. I guess at this point, if you have to split up the new day, it is Kofi who is the lone. Uh, single star because he's been the champ for six months I don't think he should go to Raw uh, I don't think he should be involved in any universal title picture that title's cursed to me and uh, I just think Kofi's run was the best it could have been and I don't see it I don't see him replicating a run like that so I applaud Kofi for the long run it's not happening again yeah, I think it's time. <laughs> there's a there's a part of me though that thinks he's just I don't know getting why getting started. No, no, no. Like I'm, you know, with WWE, it's like worst case scenario. You're always thinking for oh. So I just feel like they're gonna shove him back with Woods and New Day Tag Champs again. Roll for another five months like nothing happened, and then. Okay. Isn't there a part of you that thinks that they'll just yeah. put him back in the tag division and they'll be like, okay, New Day stuff, keep going, whatever. But, like, I would love to see Woods or Big E maybe, you know, yeah, do what cool. we've been saying the last little while. Big E did say, like, they don't see them splitting up. So <laughs> it might be tough to convince them. I don't know. I feel like Big E would be the guy for me. Like, if I'm a GM and I want to draft someone, it's like, you know what? I'm going to fuck the new day over. I'm going to take Big E for Raw. I want to fucking see how we can do. Do you think if, uh, if they have zero plans to break them up, Big E would be a good candidate to go back to NXT. Yes, I was actually just going to say that. I think he's a guy that could just go back down and just maybe, I wouldn't say NXT title run. Just do anything. But just, yeah, like go <laughs> go down and just make a statement. Like go down, maybe feud with Keith Lee, just beat the shit out of him. Maybe feud with Matt Riddle, That maybe be, that's different. Like I don't know, but yeah, Big E's another name that kind of needs, I think, a fresh start. We've seen it we've uh sniffed seeing him at a being a singles guy you know he had that ic run for a bit was he a u.s champ too i don't think, don't so. think no so. okay just the ic just the ic belt but he's got a lot of charisma he's got a lot of character i think this guy could easily be a future world champ that's saying a lot i know but i think he has all the tools so if i'm splitting them up i'm thinking of keeping kofi on uh, smackdown and maybe move Big E to Raw and just see how that goes. 
Woods is amazing, by the way. We're not forgetting yeah. about him. Oh, no, yeah, no. Woods, Woods is absolutely <laughs> incredible, yeah. too. Kofi might be the worst out of all of them. I don't know. They're all good in their own respected way. They're all unique. There it is. That's the fucking word we're, we're looking at. But speaking of draft, the Fiend, don't know where he's going. I really hope it's not Fox. If it is, I have to see the Fiend and Brock go at it. I think if he's on Fox, well, they'll probably know that, unlike USA Network, okay, this guy can't be on TV every week. Let's keep it special. Yeah. Because with Raw, it's like, let's throw him here. Seth Rollins, let's attack him from behind. Where's this going to lead to? He's going to lose at the pay-per-view. I'm actually so happy how it worked out. He beat the uh, he beat uh, Finn Balor at SummerSlam, and he beat him so bad that he got, we went down to NXT. <laughs> so I'm so happy because it's like, yeah, that feud actually kind of like concluded. It's like, well, I hope it concluded. I hope they don't fucking run with it later on and be on the Fiend and the fucking the Demon. Oh, oh. He's got superpowers. Vince is in, his, in the back. Just, oh, oh. <laughs> That's going to be our uh, WrestleMania main event. Oh, God. <laughs> it just got the name for it. I would Fiend versus the Demon for the Universal title. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, when you think of the visual, though. That would be fucking... Don't give me that bullshit. That would be fucking incredible. Yeah. The only thing is... Someone's got to lose. And, it's <laughs> and you know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> but like, just picture like those two and their characters. It's definitely the demon. stupid red lose. title. Like, that would be cool. Like, come on. They would definitely have that one. It's still light up, though. Who would you have lose that? that? I don't know. That's the Finn only Bell. thing. But just, I think I'd have Finn yeah, lose. Just picturing Get the fuck that out of and, here, Finn. Like, thinking of the entrances. Like, that's fucking iconic. Yeah. And then, like, kill it there. I don't want to see the match. <laughs> just that. Well, he does have the best entrance in the whole WWE. The does. Fiend. I, I like fucking him. love it. He just <laughs> comes out with the fucking Bray Wyatt lantern. A little after, like, the first, like, when he first did it, like, oh no, like, that was just, like, a prop. Like, he's not going to do that moving forward. <laughs> comes it's, too, it's too bad. Like, it's not good. And then, yeah, he just keeps doing it. Fuck it. <laughs> That's why I love the creative control. He has so much. And it's, oh, it's all Bray Wyatt. Yeah, it's a shame. But yeah, the Fiend and the, and the Demon would be good. But, like, I'm happy that Finn for now went down NXT. Completely forget about it. New look, buzzed his head. That's it. Are there any other surprises you want to see in this draft? I want to see Edge come back and get drafted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nah, that's not happening. But he is. uh, He does want to return another ring. But I don't want to. I don't want to see that. He he retired. That's it. Yeah, it's a real one. Oh man, you want that as your final match? Maybe not. No. Yeah, come back. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Like if Edge comes back, he better put on like a great match. And if not, then you're doing what Taker's done. You're doing what Sean's done. Yeah. You're doing what Goldberg's done. Just ruining your legacy. So. Any surprises you want to see on the Friday or Monday? On the Monday? Off the top of my head, honestly, not really. I'm just hoping the draft goes smooth. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like the first guy that's going to get drafted on Raw... Is gonna be Drew McIntyre, the guy we haven't seen in. I feel like he's gonna be the first name. I think that's gonna be like the opening like surprise. Wait, is the draft on Raw or SmackDown? Both. Both. Who gets the first pick? Ah, I'll say Raw, and I'll say Drew McIntyre's the first guy called. Fuck Fox! Oh, I spent a billion dollars. I want that first pick. Okay, so maybe it's that. Maybe then maybe they have. I kind of just assume SmackDown because of the all that, and then Bork would go first, (laughs) and then a toss up from there. I, I still want to see Drew be the first guy named over Seth. And just be like, oh, okay. Thinking of a, a Drew and Brock down the line. I'd love We that. haven't really looked at that possibility. 
Damn. Maybe a mania. Yeah. He did face fucking Roman. If lost can, in seven minutes. If they can build him up again properly, and that would be uh, that'd be something. Those two meat castles banging heads. One surprise I was hoping for, but doesn't seem likely now because uh, Mr. DUI over there, Jeff Hardy. I thought, okay, he hasn't been, we haven't heard anything from his last DUI. Maybe he's got cleaned up and he'll show up after the draft and with a similar thing he had 10 years ago, that singles uh, run. But unfortunately, that won't be happening. So that's uh, my surprise out the window. Maybe Broken Matt would be cool uh, coming out. At least Jeff is happy, though. Did you see that mugshot? Yeah, smiling at least he's smiling ear now. Ear. It's like, he's used to it now. Jeez, like, man. <laughs> damn. Another guy I could see getting drafted like fairly high is Buddy Murphy. I could see him going pretty high in the draft. I like it. Like that will be Probably like a, should, I yeah. think that would be like a shock factor too. Like for the fans, they'll be like, "Oh, okay, he doesn't have any title or anything. Okay, we'll see." There'll be like three, four picks in a row where they just pick like the older guys that do nothing. Like remember the last draft in '16? It was like Kane and then Big Show back to back. Yeah. In the middle, and we're looking around like guys like fucking. Look at the whole NXT roster, and you're taking Kane and the Big Show, who are on once every two months. So you'll get you'll get some of that in the draft. There won't be like a a fantasy. Oh, we gotta take this young guy and this young it'll guy. Like this a, is a it'll future be like, champion. It'll be like a Titus O'Neil. There'll be like yeah. There'll be a ton of duds in there, and you'll just start laughing. Dana Brooke. Because it's rep. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be like Dana Brooke next pick Andrade. It's like what the fuck? You'll see a lot of that. You'll see. Oh, we're trying to improve our women's division. Bailey, Lana. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that. But, uh, Mandy Rose, Lacey Evans. <laughs> oh, just, just, being, uh, just loving the draft in any type of sport. Like, I'll watch NFL drafts. I don't even like the NFL. So just, just, I'm just excited to see how everything plays out where people get picked. That's, it's very Who do you boring. Think? So you it. guys say Brock's the number one pick. I think yeah, he should I be. Think, yeah, he has it to should be a lock. Over Seth, I would definitely pick Brock just go one and two and then it starts at three well yeah I do assume Brock is like on Fox yeah like he's gonna be on Smackdown he's no way he's on I wanna see Ray on Smackdown though this Raw thing with him and the promo saying you know with my family and Kane the Godfather (laughs) the Padino no go to Smackdown where it's two hours and they don't have any time for that crap (laughs) Godfather (laughs) holy shit we gotta move to the fucking uh, to the rink yeah uh, let's first talk about Malkin's injury because he's out for a month and uh, a lot of people are starting to say uh, he's not a top 10 player anymore. Sad emoji face. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on this injury? Was it like, because it came so quickly and I'm like, wait, it says day to day and then I look at the next update, okay, he's out long term. It's a lower body though, what did he hurt? Apparently like- his knee. Oh, is it yeah. the one he had uh, ACL surgery on twice? And he said, and he even said, like, in this offseason, he's like, yeah, like, I lost weight. Like, I was getting quicker. And then, but damn, just. Yeah, he dropped 205 pounds to Arizona, Phil Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that he had it coming because of that. No one should ever fucking say that about anyone. but uh, <laughs> Especially when you do that to Phil Castle. Better, uh, I'm fucking so pissed. There. I wanted to see Malkin get 110, win the heart again. Can't do it. I think this. I think that's it. He can't do it anymore. He'll get 47 and 39. You'll see. <laughs> when he comes back, he'll do that in like 35 games. <laughs> when does the retirement question start coming after so many injuries? I think I said specifically with Malkin. It'll be like, it'll 
a week in the season and he'll just randomly say like okay I'm done like you won't see it coming there won't be a build up to it you know how Bufflin just kind of said okay I'm not playing anymore like that <laughs> it would be like that <laughs> or like Kovalev yeah like oh okay oh, I'm so yeah I've been in the league for 22 yeah okay, I'm done how much time's left on my cut I don't care okay I'm retiring yeah but Malkin though he's making nine and a half I don't think he's gonna want to <laughs> I don't know. There's a how many years does he have? Like three on his contract? I think four. Yeah, he's not retired. Three or four years left. He'll suck it up on that fourth line and just take <laughs> injury payments. He's not retiring, I don't think. Want to negotiate a new deal? Eh, no, I'm done. It's okay. <laughs> if this is the year to like tank for them, it might be this year. Yeah. Try and sure. get Lafreniere. I think they're fine, honestly. <laughs> like, how many times do we see Crosby miss half the year and Malkin miss half the year, and then? You know, just just put the pressure on the other guy. Like Gunsoul, Latang goes down, <laughs> or Hornquist. Like you still got Sid there. You still got Latang. Murray's been. He has had a nice start. Like, Justin Schultz has been pretty good. There's still a lot of credibility yeah. there. It's a huge fucking loss. It's Evgeny Malkin, and they just lost Bukestad. But I still think they're in decent shape. Do they have so. to put Gensel back to center? If that's the case now. No. Oh god. I I think he would lose all the confidence that he had. Or Galchenyuk at center. That's a lot on him. <laughs> I guess you might have to put him center with like, or no, you know what? I could see Brian Russ going in there at center, second line though. Probably, they're probably gonna have to. It's, it's gotta be though. done. If it's not Russ, it's McCann. Nah, keep him on the wing. Yeah, he's a little speedster the up yeah. there. So then it's probably Brian Rust. Or unless Galchenyuk, he's still trying to find himself in Pittsburgh, second line center. Give him some time. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect with uh, with Malkin. Like, I don't know if he's, like, almost done, if this is just a setback again. Like, I have no idea. He is 34 now. So... He's 30. Oh, man. I thought he was, like, 32. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, he's uh, past his prime. It sucks to say, but moving forward, though, we got to talk about another former uh, Penguin who's been lighting up the league, James Neal. The real deal. Bounce back James Neal. Leaves Calgary. Sucked in Calgary. Seven goals all year. Already has six in three games. Are we surprised, though? His line mate is McFuckface. So what is his output going to look like by season's end? This is a tough one because we're like three games in, but... If he, if he sticks on that line... He just set an Oilers franchise record. <laughs> the guy who barely played last James year. Leo. Uh, he's just got to stay in that top six, and he can get around 30. Like, we know who James Neal is. He's had, like, 10, 20 goal seasons. He really just had that last year. It was kind of the off year. You can bank on 20 for sure. The guy's... Um, he's never going to get 90 points. He might go like 30 and 30. He'll be a good secondary scorer on that team. But I hope he can keep it up. Like, <laughs> everyone's kind of, everyone wrote him off last year, but like. Oh, it, I did, yeah. I was one of those people. That's kind of how it goes. You have one bad year, everyone writes you off. But hey, look at the last 10 years I've been here. So <laughs> I, th- I still think he's a good player. I'll say he gets around 30 goals. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 35 to 40 if he stays with McDavid. Mooch off some uh, passes off him. But 35, I'm actually... Doesn't seem out of the question now, especially if he has a four-goal night the other night. Seems like half the league does that too, 30-goal seasons. Talk about another four-goal night the other night. Anthony Manta, um, he is the man right now. 
How many goals can you guys see this guy getting at his absolute best? Because NHL forecaster had him getting 40 and 40 for and this year. For this year. And uh, so far, he's got seven points in three games, five goals. Do you guys see him getting that many, or is this just another hot start that'll die down quick? I think it's a pretty hot start. I told you before for him, for this year specifically, I said like 30 and 30. Um, may have to boost that for a lot of players now because the scoring just keeps going up, and a lot of guys seem to be doing this. So, But, yeah, Mantha's a really good player, and fuck, Detroit needs him because him and Larkin are leading the way there. So it's good that he's uh, off to a nice start. Yeah. yeah. 32 goals, somewhere around there. I still see him improving, but Detroit doesn't have that. Connor McDavid on their team that can bank on – constantly getting assists like Larkin's there but he's a good two-way player but a real playmaker that's going to feed him the puck all the time it's going to be a hot start that cools off a little bit then he gets hot again so going like 32 to 35. I just watched Mantha's like highlights the other night when he got all four goals he just looked so much quicker than like he has looked in the past like I watched him skate I'm like this guy looks fucking fast he's bigger and stronger than six foot four like geez this guy's a truck like I look at him play. He could be like a Jamie Benn, man. If everything clicks, Anthony Mantha's a player in my eyes. But how about Zabanejad? This guy drafts him. Eight points in two games. Yeah, we've... Uh, where do we... Like, where are we going to rank him at season's end? I think I think he'll do similar to what he did last year. He'll get like 30 goals and 70, 75 points. But we've been saying for years, this guy's a player. And even when Ottawa traded him and they had to give up the higher pick... Too. Like, you're giving up the younger player and the higher pick to get a guy that's okay, we'll see, but like. Broussard. He's such a. He's a that's very. That's awful. He's a shoot first centerman, which is, for me personally, I, I fucking love shoot yeah, first centerman. That, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, There's not a lot of those. No. Who is it? Like, Stamkos. Sagan. Sagan. Uh, Matthews. Matthews. And him. And him, maybe. Michael. McKinnon. Larkin. But, uh,. Yeah, he's he's a really good player. <laughs> he's playing with the best line mates he's probably ever played with now in Panarin and Kako. So, yeah, I think he'll do similar to what he did last year. Yeah, I see him point per game. Yeah, he's uh, he's turned into a player. Uh, yeah, when when I saw him in Ottawa, I was like, this guy has a lot of holes to fill. Like his defensive game is was not there at all, and his uh, his confidence in his uh, what's the word I'm trying to find his. Uh, like, his, just his character in Ottawa, just he looked very immature. And then he comes to, to New York, he knows that they're very, very dry up front at center when he came over, and he just had to be patient. You know, they had Brad... I think they... Was he here when they had Brad Richards? I think that was just after. Just after? Okay, so he... Stepan was there. Maybe Stepan was there. Yeah, so he, he, he came in to this team as like a secondary role at first and then when they left he's like okay now it's my time kind of like how McKinnon did it in Colorado I see Zibanejad doing the same thing in New York not as many points obviously but he's the biggest impact player for me on that team and yeah Zibanejad's solid was he 26 27 now yeah it's it's taken him a little longer but he went what like sixth overall he went six for a reason he's a player he's fucking solid but uh, any surprises um any players you expected to be a little hotter out the gate? Uh, any disappointments so far? Uh, nothing really comes to mind. I haven't really heard Sagan's name. 
Yeah, he uh, the game we watched, he didn't really do much against the Boston. Fucking the whole team didn't really do much. No, Rupe Hintz did everything. He stood out. Good for them. Young player. <laughs> Second um, round. Patty Laine's got five assists in the first, uh, was it, three games or something? Just want to throw that out there. Yep. <laughs> all, I think that's mostly on the power play. Probably all on the power Probably play. Probably cross-ice to Shifley or Wheeler and putting the puck in the net. Uh, yeah, she- Laine's going to get 90 assists this year. It's confirmed. Yeah. No, definitely not. Uh, I just hope he gets 80 points. Like, get something like that. Just... Face wash all your haters. Be like, fuck you. I'm Patrick Laine. You know, I'm, I'm this good. So he's pretty... Ehlers, too. Nice. Starting this season, a lot of people are like, yeah, he's the one that's going to get traded. First game, he gets three assists. Looks amazing on the top line. Who the fuck's Kyle Connor? We got Nikolai Ehlers. But yeah, then uh, the last two games, Kyle Connor's kind of... He's, he's been lighting it up. He's on the second line for now, but I'm pretty sure Ehlers will go down to the second eventually. But right now, Ehlers... On that top line is uh, he's uh, been a great playmaker. He's making uh, Blake Wheeler look more like a sniper, but he's not. So uh, I really don't know what that dynamic is. You have two playmakers and you have a power forward, and I guess it's working on the top line because the second line is uh, Perot, Line, and uh, Connor. So they're really experimenting with these lines right now, and they're working. So. Another guy that actually struggled was Hellebuck the first game, and then last night he had a solid game against uh, Pittsburgh, so I'm not worried. Watch that game against the Devils, pulled 4 nothing, and they still win the game. <laughs> <sighs> the Devils are uh, they're a funny one. They're very entertaining to watch. I don't know if they're good or bad. Y- yeah, you don't know yet. Just seeing Hall and like Subban on that power play on the Devils <sighs> is just... Hilarious. Still getting used to that one. But yeah, hilarious <laughs> is the word. <laughs> What about Buffalo? Skinner. <laughs> He's been solid. Everyone yeah. on Buffalo has been yeah. pretty solid. I think Darlene's been their best yeah. so far. Olofsson's been amazing. Who? Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fourth rounder in 2014. Remember what happened last year, though? They were really good. Were first they, place. They, and, yeah, first. Yeah, they the opposite first. of St. Louis. And they went down to last. They literally flip-flopped. <laughs> they did, yeah. Because of Bennington. And because of... Everyone else on Buffalo. <laughs> I still can't believe how good um, Darlene looks. Yeah. Like, he looks like a 10-year vet. Like a three-time Norris winner. He looks so good this year. So it's safe to say you think he's going to build on his rookie season, which he had 44 points. He already has five in three. Um Right now, it's looking like 60 is not out of the question. He's just been dominating every game, playing 25 a night. It's on the penalty kill, on the power play. Yeah, he plays the most. So It's great that he's on the PK. It is. It kind of shows that he's, he's not just a one-trip pony and he's going to develop other parts I of that. I would take him off that, though, because then you're paying like, – I think they're overplaying him. Like, it's I think okay the thing to be with, defensive, but I think that's overdoing it. I think the thing with them, though, is like Scandella is injured yeah. and McCabe is injured. And I'm pretty sure Bogosian's injured, and all three of those guys are like your shutdown D. They got Montour there. They have Montour on the on the PK too. It's him and Darlene. So, and Montour is not even that good defensively. He's okay, but out of those four D, I said those other three are the more defensive guys you want on the penalty kill, like Bogosian or Scandella. I love Scandella. Or Bogosian at high hopes. Oh man, yeah, third overall. Uh, Petrangelo went after him. <laughs> Just. 
I love those <laughs> memes yeah. on uh, on I like Instagram, like those pages, like Bogosian Norris. Yeah. I love it. It's just the, if you go back and watch those drafts, though, from like 10, 15 years ago, and just see the projections that some of these players had, then you look at it now, like what the hell were these like scouts smoking back then? <laughs> Projects to be a top pairing, fifty point defenseman for the next ten years. And he's out of the league in three. <laughs> like oh, also, Stevens, also before two. we before we wrap this pod up, I just want to say uh, we're talking about bounce back guys. James Neal has six goals. How about Kevin Shattenkirk? Oh. He's been unreal. He's basically taken Sirkachev's spot on the power play now, and he's already at four points. Leads all Tampa Bay D-men in points, and uh, he's averaging around twenty-two a night. Is this a surprise? For me, not really, because when they first signed him, my first fear was Sergeyev's off the power play, because why else would they get Shattenkirk? So for him to be in that second unit spot and maybe get some of the better matchups on that second unit, I'm sure like their forwards are still stacked, like how the Leafs have like Nylander and Barry on the second unit. It's probably the same thing in Tampa. So it's good for Shattenkirk. I don't see why he can't have like... A bounce back. He has to. Yeah, but like he's a straight offensive D. If he's in that spot, he can probably hit double-digit goals and around 30 points if given the chance. Yeah, it's a little bit. I don't see it lasting long, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, he came in onto a team where they're like stacked. Give it time when they start having some down moments of the season. He'll find his way back to the third pair. How about Patrick Marlowe going back to San Jose? Going full circle, are you guys happy for him? Whose spot do you think he takes out of the top six? Because I know for sure they're putting him in the top six. They are not putting him on the fourth line. Because he just brings that hype, that nostalgia, that excitement. I just don't see him not being in the top six. I think there's no way he's in the top six. I think he's in the top six. I think he's playing 40 games a year. They're going to scratch him every other night. They got him for 700K. I am not willing to move fucking LeBanc, who's coming off a breakout year, for a guy who's skating has taken a toll over the last four. So love Patty Marlowe, happy for him. It's a great deal for the Sharks. Third, fourth line, scratch him every other game. Perfect for them. Yeah, when it's a signing I thought would happen in July. Should have happened in July. It's going to be back with Joel Thornton on the same line. They're going to just do what they've been doing like nothing ever happened. Probably... I, was, I think he's going to surprise some people, Patrick Marlowe. He's going to come in motivated. A lot of people have been saying your career's over in the summer. You got bought out by Carolina when they did that trade. Part of that was just because his contract. People don't think he's worth it anymore. So it's going to be a year he proves that he is. And maybe next year we see him a little bit of an extension. Maybe one more year over a million. But I have high hopes for Patty Marlowe. Are there any, uh, now just talking about rookies before we go off. Are there any rookies that are on the teams right now that you see getting sent down? That could be a lot. Yeah, that could be tough. little. I, I, For me, it's probably Sandine. Probably going to get sent down. Another guy that I could easily see getting sent down is Noah Dobson. I don't see him staying on the Islanders, even though he did get a point in his first game. He's just... They have, like, Boychuk. They have Pellick. They have Mayfield. They have all these other guys that have played at least 100 games. Just go with him. Just go with them, I guess. That's what like, a lot of people are saying. I wouldn't be surprised if Dobson scratched and he stayed. Because Dobson, to me, could do a better job than Letty. I think that's what they're hoping for. Yeah, because like, <laughs> Letty plays the most, I think. Yeah. 
and he's not that good. He's also he's a fine defenseman. He's yeah. a poor man's Barry. Him and Justin Falk are very similar. Yeah, but yeah, uh, do you do you see Noah Dobson staying? I don't. I think another year in the A would be beneficial for him. But you mentioned the kid on Winnipeg, who's playing. Vinny Heinola. Yep, just drafted. Three points in his first two games. Defenseman, right? Defenseman. They need some serious help there. I I think via trade they'll probably get some help, or if, God forbid, Buddy comes back. So uh, (laughs) it's nice that he's getting some games in, but I don't think he's uh, lasting the year. Can you see them trading with Philly? Oh. Oh. Like an Ehlers for Sanheim, or an Ehlers for... (laughs) Just Ehlers. (laughs) Or Ehlers and Holodolf. Or it'll be like a... (laughs) Overoff. No, it'd be like a... I could see it, though, yeah. They got a lot of D over there. It'd be like a Roslovich and Ehlers for Sandheim and a second or first. (laughs) I don't know. Or you go big time. Ehlers. I'm not going to lie. Roslovich, two first-round picks, Provorov, JVR. Let's do (laughs) it. I actually don't... I actually have no idea what Sandheim's trade value is. Still too early to tell. Yeah, I wouldn't... Like, I don't want to say it's high... But it's not low. And same with Ehlers. It's not super high, and it's not low. So they're kind of in the same boat because they're. everyone looks at them as like high-profile players, but they're playing behind like, like for me, three or Like four for guys. me, the guy I'm looking at, if I'm trading for, for a D for Phil, on Philly, it's Sandheim. I'm not looking at Pro, – well, Provorov, obviously, but – He's untouchable. Yeah, he's not, he's not leaving. So Ghost, I'm not touching. Um, Hag, Moran. Maybe I'll go for Myers. Maybe. Philip Myers, but again, he's another guy. Your trade value, I, yeah. I have no I idea what it Hague. is. They need some toughness on Winnipeg. He probably fits their team a lot better, especially with Bufflin gone. As Sandheim is more of an unknown. If you're going to trade Ehlers, I want like something that I know what I'm getting. could probably get more out of Philly if you go for Hague, get more draft picks, maybe another underrated prospect, and you get rid of Ehlers. I'm telling you right now, I feel like that trade would be beneficial for both teams. Yeah. Like an Ehlers for Sandheim would just be... Like, perfect. Yeah. I mean, they got, like, three or four new kids on that D pairing, so. You plug <laughs> Sandheim there, and then you have Ehlers playing with, like, Hayes and Konechny on the second line. That's solid. I think Hayes is top right now. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. So who's second? Couturier? Probably. That's an insult. Well, I mean, if it's... Coming up back to back seventy six point years. It's probably in the same ice time though. It's probably probably just matchup stuff. Yeah, probably one A, one B. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. But yeah, that's basically it for this week. Talk about uh, next week. How many goals Matthews will get by season's end? He's already at what five, five so. and three. He'll get seventy nine goals. I like it. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, he'll break fucking <laughs> Solani's record. Or what? Wait, what's the record? Gretzky. 92. Oh, my God. Okay, never mind. Okay, uh, so we all know Wayne Gretzky's still the best, and uh, Matthews' goal totals will never reach that. But uh, Not that we were saying that, so <laughs> don't hold us to that. Gretzky's still the best ever. Uh, yeah, this was episode 50, Milestone. In two weeks, it'll be the year mark. We might have something cooking for that episode. Stay tuned.